0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Future is a Safe Place. I am Hannah Elizabeth Bevins and I s- am starting this podcast. Um, first, thanks for listening. Uh, your, your listening is meaningful to me because this podcast is definitely like a passion project. Um, it's not something that's being done very professionally, uh, which is why, um, I feel like I need to explain why I'm starting it. Uh, but first just expressing gratitude for partaking in my little audio experiment here. Um, I need to start this podcast because I, first of all, have tried to start like a thousand podcasts and I just don't because I don't know. I, i they aren't, um, I guess they're just, the ideas for them are just never good enough for me to feel motivated by them, um, or to feel like they're necessary, uh, which is actually really more so what it is, but this one feels necessary, um, because it's for me. I need, (laughs) sorry, but I need a place to put audio files and, um, not people who love, music and sound, uh, my files of audio content. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a laugh. Sorry. <laughs> I was mocking myself. <laughs> anyway, I need a place to put, uh, my conversations with people and, uh, that aren't handwritten notes because my handwritten notes never quite get the, um, the affect of understanding something in real time. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes, but rarely. There, there's nothing quite like recorded dialogue when, when you're hearing someone realize something. And I guess that's really what I'm after. Is I'm, I'm after, um, collecting all of these experiences, conversations, phone calls, uh, podcasts that I might have listened to, and um, putting them all in dialogue and hoping that I I realize something or we realize something, um, because. That's how. That's to go back to the title. Um, that's how we get towards a future that is a safe place, uh, and we just need to keep realizing. And um, on the way, it's going to be a work in progress, both uh, literally and conceptually. Um, because I, uh, you can probably tell that the audio quality for this is good enough. Uh, I just wanted to get this first episode done. So it's all about good enough for me. Um, but I am also as, as a work in progress, I am also committed to the idea of this only getting better. So there's there's that. Um, and if you feel like it's not getting better, you can let me know since you're being so generous with your time as to listen to my ramblings and conversation. Uh, so that brings us to this episode. The first episode, I said it was going to be, if you listen to the trailer preview or whatever I called it, um, the little episode that I had released like two weeks ago, uh, I said I was going to talk about like my dream for myself, I think, when I was a kid, which that's how, that's how my note-taking and, um, conversations started out during the time that's gone by. Um, I was thinking a lot about my dream for myself when I was a kid and remembering that, um, because let's see, I don't remember why that came up, but I do remember (laughs) thinking, sorry. Um, I remember thinking that when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be an artist. I've known I wanted to be an artist since I was like three and I, I was at a preschool and we were doing this thing with marbles and the marbles were in paint and you like put paper down on the bottom of a tray with the marbles on top and it made this marble drawing and it was awesome because you like tilted the tray. And I was like, this is this is the stuff. This is, this is the stuff of stuff. This is why we do every day. I remember feeling that way when I was three. And then when I was like seven-ish, I remember... I don't remember why I had this thought, but I do remember having the thought that I was going to work for the rest of my life. Like when I was really young, I was thinking about the fact that I was going to work for the rest of my life. And again, I don't remember why, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with the fact that I knew I was going to be an artist. And so I just dreamt of myself as being an artist for the rest of my life. Because when when you do what you love... It's not something you really put down. And that's not just for artists. I used to work for a lawyer who is currently 74 and still practicing. And it's because he just wouldn't do anything else. He doesn't want to do anything else. And I get that. I totally get that. It's the only thing that makes... When when you do what you love, it's the only thing that makes days worth it. And uh, in this episode, I have a phone call with my friend Jenny who gets that also. That's what kind of what we talk about, pretty much. Um, Jenny Curtis is an artist and lives in Saranac Lake, New York. Jenny's cool. I like Jenny. Jenny was my studio mate in undergrad, and uh, this is how we met. We. I'm not going to tell you the full story. Maybe one day, but... Um, the way we met is I had just transferred to SUNY New Paltz and Jenny was there and we were in the same class and Jenny walked into our drawing class and she walked in and she had no shoes on. And I was like, there's the hippie artist with no shoes on. And, uh, I can't remember what she said about me in her head, but I remember her telling me and it was something similarly, uh, similarly comically judgy. Um, and then after some courting of sharing materials, one day she came up to me during our class and she said, We were melting, we were both melting wax for our work at the time. And she said, Can I borrow your lighter? And I said, Yeah, here you go. And she said, Thanks. And then she came back over and she's like, Do you want to be my friend? And I was like, Yeah, I want to be your friend. And she was like, Cool, now that we're friends, do you want to hang out later? And I was like, Yeah, I do. So that was really nice. And she was kind of my first friend at New Paltz. And so now she's just my best friend, um, and you will notice, so this is a, um, the conversation that we recorded, it's over the phone, so it doesn't sound very good, and Jenny lives in a part of New York that has terrible phone receptions, so (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I listened to it, and I think it sounds pretty okay for the most part. Um, you will possibly notice that, uh, Jenny might blank on something, um, we acknowledged this in another part of our phone call that she has pregnant brain. And she said that it's, quote, really rough. So she, she's might, she might blank on something, though I don't think she blanks on anything in this segment. Um, you will possibly also notice on that note, though, that I'm obsessed with her pregnancy. And that might be weird to you, but Jenny is very understanding and generous with... Uh, her patience for my obsession with her pregnancy. I just love that she's pregnant. I think it's so exciting. She was my studio mate. And we talk about this in the conversation. She was my studio mate. And so like when Jenny told me that she was pregnant, I thought of it like an art project. (laughs) So (laughs) she's making the most important art of all the arts. And I think it's so goddamn cool. And I also just think, uh, sorry, G darn, um, I also... No, I think I put an explicit note on this. Anyway, uh, I also just think pregnancy is so wild. It's so crazy. And just like on that note, if an individual has the ability to manifest consciousness that is just so freaking powerful and out there that you have to... One has to believe that a person who has the ability to manifest consciousness inside of them, that they have the internal knowledge to know whether or not their pregnancy is right to carry out. That's that. Um, That's just like a side note, little soapbox. I have something to say. Um, So I'm obsessed with Jenny's pregnancy and we talked about, we talked, we talked for like two hours. Um, this is only, I think it's only like 20 minutes, uh, or I don't know, actually, I didn't look at the timestamp. Um, it could be 45 minutes and you might be stuck with that. Sorry. Um, but I did listen to all of it and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I had to cut it down a lot because even though I enjoyed the full conversation, you have to remember that when you're having a conversation with a friend, it's easy to forget that not everyone else thinks you're as entertaining as you do. Um, so I cut it down to the really good stuff when Jenny and I, like, f- when we get into our flow, we got into our banter. And that's why I really wanted to start off on uh, the note of a conversation with Jenny because because of Jenny and I having banter. Um, banter is something that comes up in with good chemistry and when you synchronize when you have good chemistry and you synchronize with someone like that those are the people I think you want to keep going back to for realizing things for a good conversation for finding something out because it's when you synchronize with someone that there's there's just a, a a great little magical switch that goes off inside of you and something about the way you two relate, um, is sort of instantly forgiving and you take care of each other and let each other make mistakes. And because it's fun, um, I hope this conversation with Jenny sets the tone for that. So I hope you enjoy and I'll do a little recap after and um I also have been like going back and listening to this as I'm taking different takes and I'm trying really hard to keep it as stream of consciousness as possible because I'd like it to be that way. But just want to say sorry for the mouth noises. I gotta figure something about out about that. But anyway, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jenny Curtis.
1: Have you ever listened to any like okay, so back to housewives.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um the idea
3: that housewives or stay at home moms
1: or any
2: combination
1: they're in like
3: are not working
1: <laughs> is uh just really dumb.
3: It's really dumb. Being a housewife without a child is really dumb. No no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What did Don't you say? Me. I'm saying
1: that (laughs) there's all of this labor happening in the home. Mm,
3: Yes. And to act like it is either
2: unimportant
3: or not worth mentioning or not worth compensation Mm. is stupid. That is stupid. I agree with that. That's why... That's that's the um, piece about Catherine Opie saying the thing about, like, strong woman or housewife. That's why I think it's so offensive, because I don't feel like there's there's, like, a disconnect between... This is going to sound really dumb, what I'm about to say, because it's so painfully obvious the way I'm saying it there's a disconnect between feminism and capitalism, if you can believe that. (laughs) But like one has to, I feel like one has to concede in order for the other one to be able to flourish and transform and become something new because having a job and having a career and what you do is who you are is so tied up right now because of capitalism in feminism that we're forgetting the whole part about a 40-hour work week being designed around a single-income household with a nuclear family. And that hasn't changed. So we've got all of these feminists who are like, I can have a career and I can have a family and I can do all of this while having a matcha latte and look zhuzhed and... uh The reality is, like, actually, you can't without, like, copious medication or not eating or a nanny nanny or, yeah, right, like, asking for paid help and then dealing with that identity crisis if you're not actually a part of the upper class. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like you can't. You can't win with the way feminism is set up because of the fact that it's making room for capitalism still.
2: Oh, damn.
3: You should listen to that Rest is Resistance book that I feel like I sent it to you. Did I send it to you? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I'll send you the Spotify for it. Ooh, you should just use my Spotify because I bought it on there and you can listen to it. Oops, someone's calling. I don't know who that is. Merge I'm not gonna pick it up.
2: Merge, merge, the call.
3: <laughs> merge <laughs> the call. That's pretty much what it what it's about. It's about. Um, can you hear the beeping? No, I can't. Oh, nice. I wonder if it'll be on the recording. Maybe mm-hmm. It's gone now. That's kind of what that book is about, though. It's about like, I mean, not so explicitly the disconnects between feminism and capitalism, but it's more about providing definition for what rest is and can be in a world outside of capitalism. And, uh, that, that she actually talks about womanism as opposed to feminism, which womanism is actually like more in line with humanism, but I think it's a more developed form of humanism. Um, but it's like womanism is feminism without capitalism kind of is what I got from the book. And she's just kind of an incredible person, the woman who did it. It's the woman um, who started the Nat ministry. Um, I think I've heard of her. I feel like I've sent you memes. Probably. She's always like, I'm too tired for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> she is a nap.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, a good lesson. She's very emotional in her, um, in her articulation also. So she's a good narrator, a good reader return. Well, oh, that's a... Uh, hmm. Well, I'll give that a listen, maybe after we're done here. What are you doing today?
1: Um, um I'm kind of just sticking at home. I still have some, like, minor unpacking things I need to do. Cool. You know, like, the annoying things that, like, you don't need to live, but, like, are still in boxes and, like, or yeah. not organized.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
3: I've been trying to work oh, this is something I'm struggling with. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about your struggles <laughs> instead of the world <laughs> um I
1: want to talk about you
3: I'm um the whole like being an artist thing. Oh yeah. I'm struggling with that. <laughs> oh, you're breaking up. Where are you? Oh no. Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, did you hear what I said about how I'm struggling with it being an artist? I heard you saying I'm struggling and then you said this whole being an artist thing and I did not put the two together. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so you're struggling with being an artist. That's funny i Can I say the thought the the very isolated thought that I had this morning and see how you feel about it? Yeah, cool. This morning, I thought I was really upset because I have been thinking about art being a sort of secular solution to needing something to believe in, okay and uh, then I saw it, but lately, I think maybe art's not my purpose. And then that was like, "Fuck, what have I been doing with my time?"
2: <laughs>
3: and then I was like, "Shit, what do I believe in?" Whoa, <sighs> <Uh-oh. laughs> what do you believe in outside of art?
1: Are you asking me? Yes, and that's for you <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
3: well, well, okay, all right. does any of it. this have anything to do with why you're struggling with being an artist? <laughs> um kind of kind of kind of does it, I think does it have more a, to do with being a mom? <laughs> well, I think that's why I've been thinking about it a lot, but no, I was thinking about it before I got pregnant because I've been struggling mm-hmm. with it basically forever. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and um, and I think, uh, yeah, what
1: you do to really, do really does, because, like,
3: I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it, because I have a stupid brain and can't talk. But um, uh, Well, I'm listening, and you can take as much time as you need. <laughs> I guess, like, this, like, concept of being an artist that we were taught in college, which is mm-hmm. also very tied into capitalism,
2: mm-hmm. has
3: never really been my jam,
1: and I'm, like, trying to make myself that because that is what I have
3: been taught is how to be successful, mm-hmm. and um, and I've lately, like, pretty recently
1: kind of given up on that a little bit.
3: hmm Where I, like, stopped accepting odd jobs and haven't been going out to events and don't really feel compelled to, like, schmooze or be a part of the, like, quote-unquote, scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't want to do it either. (laughs) And Maybe, like, twice a year I want to do it. Well, and the thing is, and I was talking to my therapist a little bit about this, is, like, I crave
1: the community aspect
3: of, like, when we were in school together and we were all mm-hmm. in the studio and we were working together. Like, that was awesome. Do like, you don't know what that's, like, what it's not like to have a studio now, though? It's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if that exists outside of school. I know, yeah. And it's a big bummer because that was, like, the best.
2: hmm
3: And now it's just, like, I'm not really, like, I don't feel inspired or, like, driven or
1: um, any kind of way about the,
3: like, art community that I have that,
2: mm-hmm. that exists.
3: I don't have it. it's not mine. It exists here, but I'm not really a part of it. Mhm, or if I am, I'm like peripherally <laughs> um, yeah,
1: and it just doesn't like it doesn't really do much for me, but I like want that, and so, like I'm like torn because I'm like maybe I'm just not putting in enough effort in this community that exists, mhm. And, but every time I try, it just feels kind of shitty <laughs> and yeah. I like, am like, am I just not, is this not what I'm supposed to be? Like, am I, am I doing, am I trying to put on like a boot that doesn't fit
2: mm-hmm.
1: even though it's like all I wanted, like when I was a little kid, that's what I wanted to do was be
3: an artist. Like that was yeah. like, this is the thing that I've, that I love but now it doesn't feel good and that feels bad. (laughs) Um, I am having the exact same experience here where, I mean, obviously not exact. There's a whole uh, human difference, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I am thinking about that with a similar urgency because I'm like, you know, we're, in our young 30s, and that's around the time when you start to get tired of living in shitty places that you don't actually want to live in and are interested in, like, trying to find the place where you're not going to move away from as your backup option. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm, I'm feeling similarly about here, and I wonder how you feel about this, because I hold our studio... Culture from undergrad is like such a high standard for what it's like to be in an open, free, not free, but like, I mean, it was pretty forgiving. Free. It was pre- I think it was more forgiving than anything. I definitely didn't feel like we could do like literally anything, but it was definitely like, this is a safe place to make mistakes, and uh, you can be a fool here. And we're all going to work on that together, and we're going to mm-hmm. d- spend a lot of time because we're committed. Mm-hmm. There was like a certain level of commitment there and like rigor that, which I feel like is why you and I gravitated towards each other. Anyway, it was like you—you you were there. It was very palpable. The whole, <laughs> the chemistry of everything was very palpable, and uh, now I have that in my head as like the standard for how I want my artist life to be. And I feel like I'm putting effort into the community here. Maybe it's not my best effort, but it's at least effort. And if it's not my best effort, then that's just because, you know, I like don't fit or like, I feel like I don't fit. Yeah. So, and I think it's because it just doesn't have that same magic or chemistry that we had when we were in... Undergrad, and I don't. I don't think everybody's undergrad is like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And we had a very unique experience, which is kind of frustrating. But I also wonder. This is the other thing that I've been thinking about lately. I've been thinking. Um, so my therapist and I have been unpacking the fact that I don't feel pleasure. <laughs> 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 There are like very few moments in my life where I feel real pleasure and uh, making certain art making processes is a part of that. And mm-hmm. I wonder if like you have trauma in your background, I have trauma in my background. I wonder for artists who seek it out as to who seek art making out as like a tool, a therapeutic tool in addition to something that they can capitalize on. That's, Working with a background of having known such a deep, deep feeling of disappointment from the rest of humanity (laughs) when you're Mm -hmm. traumatized. So, then when you find something that's therapeutic, like art making, and you find other people, like how we found each other, uh, doing similar art making processes and sort of feeling about it the same way, all of a sudden you have this, you have this like taste of what the alternative to deep, deep disappointment is, which is like supreme bliss, supreme mm-hmm. relief. You've, you've found that one thing and with a group of people or a person who relieves all the pain and suddenly you feel pleasure. And I think everything else is going to be dissatisfying because those <laughs> because experience. Because the background experience of trauma and feeling such disappointment and then the experience of having such great bliss from art therapy, essentially, is, like, totally disorienting in the real world. That makes sense. That tracks. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I think I've experienced that in other aspects of my life also. Mm -hmm. Where, like... The group of friends that I had like in my like late high school early college days, mm-hmm. my like home friends was so like 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 was so magical, yeah, that like the nostalgia is real,
2: mhm,
3: mhm, and like nothing basically. Less so now, because I'm, like, growing up. But, like, for a while there, it was, like, nothing could really hold a candle to that. Yeah. And I'm definitely, like, I definitely romanticized this shit out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't all, like, beautiful, perfect friend time. But, I don't know. And it was also probably, like, time of life stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, being 20. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, Being young and dumb. But, like, I feel that way about, yeah, our time in the studio and, like, our friends from college, too, where I'm just like, that was such a cool time. (laughs) Like, do you remember the time there was a mouse that drowned in my coffee cup and (laughs) we were going to keep it, but then it disappeared because (laughs) someone... Well, someone—it was Dylan, but <laughs> but because but because you felt comfortable enough playing with our game in the studio that then yeah. turns it like it it played out and it, and it was like fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. I do remember that. That's so funny. <laughs> I had a sip from my coffee mug the other day, actually, and it's like a very—it's not similar exactly to the coffee mug that the mouse drowned in, but. Um, it it has a similar color scheme, and uh, I took a sip, and there must have been like some milk swag or something at the top of my <laughs> at the top of my coffee because I sipped it and it was like getting the, the like mother spore from kombucha, you know, it was, like that similar <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. and instantly I was like, "Holy fuck! I hope that wasn't something done in my coffee cup." <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about trauma.
2: Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Uh,
3: you know, did you ever watch Arms is the New Black? Yes. Did you? Do you remember that scene where, what, I can't remember, she was the, like, cute little hottie, um, and she was forced to eat a mouse live
2: by one of the guards?
3: I don't remember that one. Fucking disgusting. I must have, like, and, like it out. <laughs> of things in movies or TV that like it happens and I'm like, that's the epitome of like, just the destruction of humanity.
1: Yeah.
3: That's That's so fucking gross. Yeah. Um, I think these feelings about being, about art and making art and being an artist, um, I feel lately I've been Trying to reckon with the fact that it's like not my fault <laughs> that, that I'm unhappy like with the art world um the way it is, and uh art making in general i <laughs> um, wait shit, why is it not my fault? uh because it actually kind of sucks because it's all tied in with capitalism, which inherently sucks, <laughs> wait. It is tied in with capitalism, but um, the other thing that I realized is that when if you were a kid who had uh artistic talent early on you you were so praised for it. It was like you are god 's gift to this family because you're a child who's interesting, and you
2: <laughs> and
3: you just keep getting like positive reinforcement after positive reinforcement every time you like finish a project or do a drawing or and everybody's like this is what this is your purpose look at what like God's gift has given you and your ability literally yeah right <laughs> and this is this is going to be your thing like how how many times have people told you that like art is your thing
1: oh yeah
3: right. So since however young you were, when people started telling you that art was your thing, you were like, yeah, art is my thing. And it's, and I'm getting gratification for that because it's like literally coming out of my hands and I'm doing it. And, I'm, I, and I like it. So that's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you're, you're like old enough to start thinking about careers and your whole life, people have been only giving you positive reinforcement for this one thing that God told you to do. And (laughs) and so you're like, well, obviously I'm going to go to college because God gave me these gifts. So I'm going to go to college for art. Mm -hmm. And then you graduate and people are like, Oh, you're going to college for art. You must be really good at art. You must be so talented. Well, that's going to be such a bright future for you. And then you graduate and people are like, you can't do that. That's not a real job. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're going to be an artist? You have to get a job.
2: Ugh. You're like, wait. What? I'm like, I have. Don't a job. Be me.
3: <laughs> it's not my fault that my career doesn't reward me as frequently as yours does. Is it my fault for believing you that this is my purpose in life? Maybe. But here we are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Love that for us.
1: <laughs> love that for you.
3: <laughs> I love it so much. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so, um so something I've been thinking about on on the on, the, on that on this note mm-hmm. is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um there was a there was a boy I briefly sort of dated um he turned out to be a jackal, but <laughs> jack hole <laughs> yeah
3: um,
1: Wait, a
3: jack hole or a, a jack
1: hole cool <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had some interesting ideas about art and stuff, and oh yeah, he had this book that he read that talked about um.
3: Life as an art. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Um... <sighs> what the fuck is that? There's a there's a book about art as life that a lot of sober people read, and I can't remember. <laughs> <of> sober people. <laughs> well, it's um, like how to how to. It's, it's probably that book, but I don't know. The artist way. It's the artist's way. Oh no, it wasn't that. It was something else. I have that book. Different thing. You like it? Um I I don't think I ever finished it. I I can't it's like very self helpy. Um Yeah. Sometimes I can read okay though. It, it's all right. I'll give yeah. it another
1: try one day. <laughs> but I didn't read this book <laughs> that this guy read, but I just like I just like took in the concept.
2: You just judged
1: it? No. Um, No,
3: I think it's a cool concept of, like, living your life as a piece of art or as Mm -hmm. a creation of art. And so, like, when I'm getting down on myself because I haven't, like, produced an art piece in Mm -hmm. a while,
2: Mm. I'm
1: like, but my kitchen's really cute. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) And... I like have good friends and um you know and like I'm semi-active member of
3: my community and that feels good and like I don't know I like there's more to you being gotta, an artist than making art. Totally, you got to look up Fluxus and uh, I mean, you know, do you know Joseph suppose No. You. Yeah we got a very good art history education in our undergrad? I feel like I could have gotten a better art history education if I had paid attention. I mean, they could have made it more interesting, though. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't feel like I got a very good art history education. I don't think I was, like, ignorant to what was going on in the class. I think I was sort of active and trying to understand. Anyway, um, Joseph Boyz is a Fluxus artist from shit, I can't remember, World War. He, was, he fought in World War II. Um, and uh, then had a big artist practice after that. And damn, a fruit fly on one of my drawings. I'm trying to squirt it. Um, <laughs> uh, but he used to say, every man is an artist. And that was his, like, Logan and he was a teacher and he used his art as a mode of education and he always talked about how all all people are artists and we are all contributing to what he called the social sculpture which is like what you were just talking about pretty much is like how if you consider everything as art then we're, we're all existing within this like performed sociocultural sculpture
1: hell yeah I love that yeah.
3: Yeah. Be a All fluxist with me. Do you okay. wanna be a fluxist? I'm making be flux since You wanna be a flux a flux druid with me? Fluxed.
2: I like flux.
3: We are fluxed. <laughs> I am flu flux. I am fluxed and loving it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am
3: so fluxed right now.
1: <laughs>
3: um, hell yeah. Hell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, that's so positive. Do you feel better about art knowing that that existed way back when and so it can still exist today?
1: I feel nice.
3: <laughs> yeah. Here's why I feel like I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a, I'm getting a grasp for when uh, for when Prager's brain shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. I know what you mean. So, so this is why I feel like I have to move. If I don't get that job, I feel like I want to move at least in your vicinity um, because the idea is like I could either go, I could either get that job and try and feel out what that creative community is like, or I can just. Go to what I know already, and we can start talking about art more often in the flesh. In the flesh. In the flux flesh. In the fluxed flesh. In the fluxing flesh. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Well, that's good because it's definitely becoming more and more my backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> good. Great. I'll at least I'll at least let you know that I'm in town. And if your baby goes missing, I don't know. <laughs>
2: oh
3: no! That's why I'm so jealous of you becoming a mom, though, because you can turn that into that's like you're making like you're making art without even having to make art. You're making the most important art of all the arts. Um, a person? Well, no, it's not the fact that they're a person. It's more like that they're alive and have a consciousness. Isn't that what it is? I think trees have consciousness, right? I think trees are people. I think trees are people, and I think people are trees. I am I think
1: most, I,
3: I guess I would count most things as people. What kind of... Yeah, I that's I don't like the word human. I've been trying to say people instead. People I mean humans a fine word if you're talking about humans. <laughs> is it a fine word? I don't think it's a fine word. It I is. want a new word. I want a new word. Why do you not like human? Well it's got man in it. And was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also got Hugh. <laughs> and Hugh Laurie, Hugh Grant. Hugh seems to be pretty successful so far. So I need <laughs> something that's just as successful as Hughes you could think of. <laughs> if Hugh Grant's still so successful, I feel like he's probably a little skeevy these he days. He probably
1: still has more money than us.
3: Well, he definitely has more money, and that doesn't mean he's successful. Oh, right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever grown an avocado pit into a into anything. Um, I've sprouted them. Is it okay that my pit has a slice in it from where I uh took it out of the avocado? Is it wet? wet? has a It Has slice.
2: it has a slice, it has a slice oh, in it, like
3: I like I put my knife in it to get it out of the out of the avocado. Uh,
2: that's probably fine.
3: Okay. I'm trying to grow an avocado pit.
2: Did you know that I don't can
1: have to make Uh, dye from avocado pits and skins, and it is pink.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, your baby's gonna be so pink.
2: I know. (laughs) So pink.
1: (laughs) I have to. Oh, I have to start knitting knitting something pink.
3: pink. (laughs) 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 Um, I just realized it's after. Noon. Oh my God! It's like so far afternoon. I have to, I have to put clothes on. I'm just walking around my apartment naked. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nice. great.
3: That's nice. what I've been doing lately. That's cool. I realize oh, that loose. when I have a kid, I'm gonna have to make a decision about. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Nudity. <laughs>
2: I'm.
3: I have my fantasy for what I hope your household is like with a baby and nudity, but. <laughs> and it's wholesome, <laughs> but very European.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I don't have a plan yet. We're just gonna feel it out.
3: <laughs> That's cool. Does, I, I don't get a naked vibe from Alex.
1: Um,
2: he he's not
3: super
1: naked. <laughs> super <laughs> naked. <laughs> Moderately naked.
3: Um, I have seen him and this was like a very attractive moment, um, when there was a raccoon attacking the chickens at night and he ran out <laughs> with only
1: boots on and a gun.
3: <laughs> that's pretty hot. <laughs> Were
2: you I like watching Momento watching? <laughs> little white booty disappear into the (laughs) darkness. I'm like, I hope it's just a raccoon. It's funny. (sighs) Okay,
0: so I just listened to the whole thing and um, do a quick recap uh, real quick because I think this is probably long enough. First, thank you very much for listening this far, listening at all. Again, just... More and more gratitude for people bearing participant witnessing to my rambling. Um, If you are listening, I definitely hope uh, this sparks conversation. And um, that can be conversation with people in your physical world, whoever you are, or uh, feel free to reach out. Um, So the things that I just wanted to note on. um, One... Catherine Opie's quote is not offensive, which is the word that I used. Um, I, I really liked, she was in a Great Woman Artist podcast episode recently, and I really loved the whole interview, and I think Catherine Opie is amazing. Um, the, there was just a, uh, I was like taken aback by the fact that in her interview, she pitted, um, it felt like she pitted housewives and strong women against each other. So uh, that was what we were commenting on. Um, the second thing is I, uh, when I say you can't do it, it sounds really harsh. Um, so I guess I just wanted to go back to that and sort of like more gently stand in the fact that I do think, um, that having it all is, you know, the, the career, the family the home life the hobbies the everything having it all i do not believe you can do that without help and rest i think it requires both of those things to have it all um so i just wanted to sort of clarify the um brutality of the of the words you can't uh okay so um, then I guess my last note that I wanted to make was just listening to Jenny and me talk about our studio culture. It's, it was the whole everything to why I wanted a phone call with her to be the first episode of this podcast because, and to set the tone for my collecting different um, audio materials. <laughs> uh, because we had such a special studio culture when we were in undergrad together and what I realized is like the common the the thing the theme the string of thought throughout my conversation with her is we were really interested in care being taken care of and caring for each other and how I think when you're an artist that is a really simple thing and it's really hard to understand how it's so difficult for the rest of the world to just care um we did that in our studio in undergrad there was a good lot of us who we saw how art was taking care of each other how making art took care of us and we took care of each other so that art could keep taking care of us okay i think that's it um Next week, I don't know. Maybe I'll post a conversation with my friend Greg, because those are usually pretty good. I have to get him to give me permission to record our phone call first. Okay, Uh, not next week, two weeks from now. Thanks for listening. Bye.